excited to announce today that I have an interview for you with Sean Dustin. Check out his podcast called Nowhere to Go But Up Now. Very inspiring interviews he has there and his work is just very incredible, um, very raw, genuine and he puts so much love and work into it and has incredible guests with crazy good interesting knowledge um, that it will blow your mind or really touch your heart at times. We started talking and decided to create a series for you. Um, we will come up with a title soon um, where we talk about abuse. Uh, both Sean and I have been uh, abusive in our past with our partners. Um, not physically abusive, but emotionally and mentally And we want to talk about it, be open about it, and give people a platform where they can share their experiences, their journey, um, but also, yeah, just for people who want to understand what is going on when a person is behaving aggressively, um, emotionally, or mentally. So enjoy this conversation. It will be The first one of many, hopefully. And yeah, this is going to be an awesome project here just for you. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I'm a formerly uh, abusive person. Uh, it, uh, it's, not a, it, it's, not, it, it's taken me a long time to be able to say that without without like it was really hard for me to get that out you know at a, at a certain point in my life you know maybe about a year ago up to then you know uh it's something that i i've i've, I've done throughout all of my relationships i've had five that have failed so far from the time i was i would say 18 till 40 My last one was two and a half years ago, so maybe 45, 44. So that's a long, a long list and a long period of abusive type of behavior. Now, you know, I'm not proud of it. And I think that both of us can agree here that, you know, the reason that we're doing this isn't to brag or to, you know, uh, glorify in any way whatsoever, you know, our behavior. Um, I'm speaking for myself, and I'm pretty sure that, Aurora, you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, I used to uh, be verbally, very verbally abusive, uh, emotionally abusive. I was never really a, a, a physically abusive person, you know, although I did have bullying kind of behavior where I would block doorways or keep the door shut from from opening um i've you know shoved uh my significant other before or would purposely get in the way and would bump them uh, you know just all the kind of things that you would expect from somebody who was immature you mm -hmm. know honestly 
and not very emotionally intelligent, not, you know, when I didn't get my way is usually when it would rear its ugly head. Yeah. And, and in order for me to bend them to my will, I would use intimidation and, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, when I would feel like when I would get so angry to the point where I'd want to hit them, I knew that I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I'd, I'd get in trouble. It's not because I didn't want to, or didn't think about doing it. It's, I knew I would get in trouble and go to jail. So that was a greater, uh, deterrent than just it not being the right thing to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And, and so, um, I would do other things that I knew that would hurt him. I, I would attack their issues. You know, if you were overweight, I would attack you there. If you had some sort of other thing that I knew that was, um, that you didn't, uh, I don't know. You get what I'm saying. You know, it was just, I was just a mean person. Yeah. And it, and it was because I wasn't happy with me. You know, I wasn't happy with the person that I was inside. I wasn't, you know, if I was attacking, you know, somebody for their weight, what I'd figured out post was I struggle with weight. So it wasn't really them that I was attacking. It was me that I was attacking and projecting it onto them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that, you know, there was some of that tied in there and then there was just some fear. You know, a lot of fear goes into uh, when some, when you're afraid of somebody losing you, then you try to control them or you are you losing them mm-hmm. because of the behaviors that you that I created. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, there was a lot of that that was involved in, in how I was. And, um, you know, I often say that, you know, and I don't condone hitting anybody, but when somebody hits you or you know may physically hurt you that goes away in a couple of days you know the 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 scar or the 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 bruise whatever it is that that goes away and yeah you're pissed at them but that's about where it ends right Mm. when when you attack somebody emotionally or verbally and start playing on their issues and attacking who they are at the fabric that doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. That stays for a long time sometimes. And sometimes it stays forever. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, when I think about, you know, what I've done and my behavior, I like I'm worse than somebody that, that I was worse than somebody that physically abused somebody because the lasting impacts of what I did uh, lasted far beyond probably the person that, you know, physically abused somebody. Now that may be the wrong way to look at it. I don't know. I'm not a professional and, and, you know, I'm not giving professional advice here at all. I'm just talking about my own personal experience, my own behavior and, and how I dealt with it and and how it impacted me and the people around me. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing all this. And one thing I want to add before I start opening up about my stuff is when it comes to physical abuse or let's say it a different way emotional abuse verbal abuse is very destructive and aggressive but when it comes to physical abuse it also leaves scars like not visibly but 
to then fear your partner because men are usually always um, stronger than the woman to then suddenly have that fear from the physical pain from your partner where you want to be open and vulnerable physically is intense and, and really, really hard to get out of your system. So I think it's both pretty much the same and it's good that you only did the emotional part, but the physical part is, um, is very deeply scarring as well. Um, yeah. from my experience. And, yeah. And, and see that they're like, I, I don't know that side of it. So, I mean, maybe I may be even speaking out of, out of, you know, context there, or, you know, since mm -hmm. I don't ha have that perspective, maybe I shouldn't make, maybe I shouldn't comment and say that it's that one's worse than the other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? no, it's just that I can speak from experience when it comes to that. And I'm glad to know that you only engaged in one part of abuse and not both. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, the physical abuse goes, goes far too. And um, yeah, so I will talk about myself a little bit now and what behavior I um, uh, brought to light or however you want to call it. Um, first thing that comes to mind is um, feeling deeply insecure and being very, very controlling um, of the other person, like never trusting, always questioning, nagging, uh, wanting to be one step ahead of them, which is if it's a good guy who has good intentions, like kind of holy shit like I don't want to get in trouble with that girl uh, I love her but this side is kind of really scary and then um, the silent treatment yeah when something was not going my way to just not answer the phone to ghost people and to be completely gone and them not knowing what they did wrong because I never would communicate it um, I was just behaving strangely and, and punishing the other person emotionally. And then also um, the hot and cold games. So whenever I felt like the person wants to be very close and intimate, I would show the cold shoulder and um, wait for them to cool off again and then make them dependent on me again. And whenever they come back, show the cold shoulder again and now looking back I noticed that it's all very subtle and people can't really put a finger on it yet they feel what's going on but they can't really call me out on it I don't know if that makes sense like you drive the other person crazy and you blame them for stuff that they're doing yet you are the one who should be um called out on something so see i have even difficulties to put it into words but i know that's something sounds i was like doing. yeah that sounds a little like gaslighting yes in a, in a way yes you okay. know and and yeah I, I i remember doing stuff like that where i would just i would start arguments for no reason oh just, just for the fun of it just to see yeah, that just, person blow up <laughs> yeah uh, and, also, and I would hate it when it got done to me. And yes, 
yeah and then to have that kind of friction would also mean oh that person is 100% focused on me now and not looking at other women because we're having that fight now and it's very intense energy so having a fight um to distract from everything outside just to have the attention of the other person hmm. yeah that's uh that's pretty calculating oh yeah it's it's horrible it's like it makes me feel very bad looking back but i think that's that's what we do at times when we feel powerless or insecure and just yeah, so scared to lose the other person because they might be seeing what is inside of us and it's not beautiful what we have inside of us, what we think we see, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what do you, like for you, what did you think that that, like, what did you tie that to? That, you know, what were you afraid of? What were you, like, what, what were your insecurities about, like, what does that, what does that look like? Um, I think I was deeply ashamed of my behavior every time I engaged in it. And I was very insecure about other women who always, in my mind, seemed to have it all together and have the perfect life and being perfectly um, functioning uh, individuals. And I was always more of a dreamer or didn't want to get caught in a job too long and um, kind of a, a free spirit, but too, um, too insecure about it, not, not okay about it. So every time I had a partner and there was a female around who would be structured and, and well-behaved and everything, I would think, oh, what? I'm not even worth of this guy. And then create all that drama to see well but maybe he loves me um and then he's gonna stick around and if not well i'm gonna go over to the next person and so deep rooted insecurity about who i am who i was in society i think so you i mean is it when you say like a free spirit when i think of that i think of like you know someone who's not very responsible um isn't like like goal driven like has a retirement like mapped out uh you know I, I i think of my ex when i think of this you know she had the house the the job the car you know all of the things you know the 850 credit score you know all of these things that are, are earmarks in our society of what you know a successful person looks like like on paper right and I, I, I feel I, I can totally understand where you're coming from, because I mean, I always felt I always felt like I was, you know, because I went to prison and I'm not as far along as the people that, you know, I went to high school with, you know, they've they're all on that track. Yeah. And like here, here I am, like still, you know, treading water, trying to figure out how to how to get into the boat. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that insecurity tends to have like a self-fulfilling prophecy that's attached to it because when you run around you know feeling that way about yourself and then trying to control everything around us and, and like who our partner you know talks to and 
and you know let's not go over here to you know that person may if you talk to that guy he's got it all together maybe you'll start thinking that you know i'm i'm not worth it you know yes. like now yeah, i need to be looking i need to be looking up here and versus you know slumming it down here with this dude yeah exactly and then what also didn't help is that i grew up in a family where really through in german in germany you say through the bank so through the entire family um the guys were always the dominant aggressive go-getters and the women were always the raising the children uh, cooking and getting th everything ready for the man to come home so early on i observed that kind of yeah those power games and it made me so so incredibly angry so i think growing up being in puberty and then in my 20s i had it in the back of my mind that i will never be dominated by a guy like my mom and grandmother was like no one is ever gonna fucking tell me what i'm gonna do because i'm the boss so and then having those two things united inside of my <laughs> chest made it very confusing for people to get to know me because on one side I am that girl who cooks for you and who waits for you at home but the next day I might be the other chick who's like well I'm gonna go fucking drink with my girls and I'm not gonna answer my phone and uh, you're gonna see what you're gonna do with your life right and so total mind fuck <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that's uh, I, I can I can see I can see the the picture that you were painting there. Yeah, uh, a messy one. I, I, well, I mean, a lot of it ties back to how we were raised and, you know, what our life was like and our upbringing was like and, you know, what our influences were at, at you know, that particular time in my in your in our lives. Right. You mm -hmm. know, for myself, I can I can say that, that my father and I, I didn't, I didn't witness any of this. Um, you know, I was told a lot of the stories that, you know, from him and my mom's marriage and the abuse that took place there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it was verbal and, and, you know, the, exactly the same thing that I played out, but, you know, not having not seen that, like, how did I, how did I end up repeating it? Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, I must have seen something or unless it's just, you know, the transfers through the DNA, um, you know, genetically, Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. And so I know I was really angry when I was growing up uh, because my parents got a divorce and then they used me to, they, they used me as like a pawn to, to get back at each other. Right. And yeah. I would go to my mom, my dad's on the weekends and, you know, my grandparents would be, you know, calling my mom a bitch and she's all these things and all these bad things. And like, that's all they would do the whole time. And then when I would come home, I would say the same thing to my mom. I'd be, I would be furious that I was being dropped off. And then as soon as the door would shut and my dad was gone and I'd, you know, cry furiously and, and I hate you, I hate you. You're such a bitch and da, 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 da. You know, and, and I would bring all that back on her, right? Yeah. And so for, for a kid, that was, you know, a lot to deal with. And then so I would just act out, you know, in school and, you know, in social situations. And I was a bully in, in, in grade school, too. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all of that stuff was starting really young. Mm-hmm. Well, because how old were you when your parents divorced? Uh, five. Oh, shit. Yeah. And of course, like your baby brain, like downloads everything without questioning. Yeah. You see stuff and you think, well, that's reality. That's how things are supposed to be. And the stuff that is ugly and not so nice, I feel the younger the children are, the more they live in denial of it. Because you can't, your, your parents are your heroes. They are giving you shelter, food, and the love they can give. So in our mind, in our children's brain's mind, they're not, it's not possible for them to be evil. So... I think that's what what I did, what happened in my brain is that it was okay to treat people like that because this is what I downloaded. This is what is okay because my daddy is awesome, right? I'm never going to question him because if I was to question him, they could cut me out of the family and yeah, let me die. So it's... um. It's very, very, yeah, intense what a child's brain um, goes through when when it comes to divorce. Like, I think it's still so underestimated. Yeah. Especially when so it what was, was like, yeah. Yeah, no, what I was, was going to say is what was the point at which you decided, you know, like, what was the straw that broke the camel's back that said, you know what, I've got to change? what what brought you to that point oh that's a beautiful question i like that (laughs) um so after a huge heartbreak 2014 i decided to immigrate to canada and to live on my grandma's farm here in the forest and all of a sudden i found myself in that forest with my thoughts and with my memories because wherever you go you bring yourself with, right? You bring all the bullshit that you wanted to escape with to that beautiful island or forest in my case. And I just went back to the fights that I had with my partner. And all of a sudden, like, was in Bert's perspective and saw all the stuff that I was doing that would make him mad and that would make him act out and be aggressive. Also, (laughs) my mom came to join here. And um, living close with my mom again, I suddenly saw stuff that would totally make sense why my dad would act out back then in my childhood. And I was like, yeah, my daddy was aggressive and there's you know, stuff, but that behavior would totally drive me nuts too. And I would also be aggressive then and all of a sudden react like my dad. And I was like, oh my God, I'm becoming like my dad. I don't want to be that person. And so I became aware of how women can drive men nuts without it being um, overtly, you know, covertly. And um, 
I was able to, with all the time and space I had here, to look back to, oh shit, did I copy and paste stuff from my mom and did this with my partners? And do I want to be doing that in the future? Hell no. And then to sit with that is so ugly. I bet you know that feeling, but you're like, oh shit, I want to call that person and apologize. No, I can't because I don't exist for them anymore. <laughs> or I want to turn back in time and, and I don't know. Yeah, it was a couple of years back now. And now I'm aware of that behavior. I'm still not the perfect, awesome person, but at least I'm aware of it now and know where it's kind of coming from. And then I can sit in stillness and not hate myself as much anymore. <laughs> are you are you aware of your triggers? Have you sort of, you know, pinpointed what those are? And if you have, what do you do now? Because I don't know, have you dated since then, since you've been there where you're at? You know, is anything, you know, or has it just been you've sort of been on like this uh, self-learning uh, mission uh, since you got to your location now and then just trying to figure out you know you and and why you did the things that you did and you know what are your triggers and how do you how do you navigate them once you once they come up mm -hmm. so I've been dating ever since and what I noticed is that I do that with weird thing where I name my triggers. So for instance, I get very hangry when I don't eat enough during the day. So I call that a certain name. <laughs> and every time I feel those emotions coming up and, and being impatient with people and everything that gets between me and my food is like, I notice when I get to that point now and I'm able to kind of, breathe myself out of it or laugh about it or talk about it um, to the people around me. Um, and then when it comes to other triggers, um, so time for me is a huge thing. I'm an absolute, when it comes to being late, like with us right now, I couldn't figure out the internet thing and I knew I was gonna be late and everything kind of, shifts and and i panic so when a person is uh, supposed to meet me at a certain time and they're late holy shit so <laughs> oh, good to know <laughs> it's it's so it's so bad and it is not it is not when i sit at home and waiting for sean to come out uh, online it is when i'm sitting in a restaurant or at a meeting point where there's that fear of abandonment, abandonment, sorry, um, coming up and, and being like, oh, that person is not going to show up. Oh, I'm being left. I'm being replaced by another person. So all that comes up. And now when it happens, um, I just notice that huge anger coming up and try to see the best in the other person and try to think oh maybe they broke down or maybe they have a problem maybe I should go ask if they you know but not right away not after five minutes after half an hour because I would call after two minutes and be like 
passively aggressive like oh can i help you out like you're not there <laughs> so so let it sit and know that instant reaction is not going to help me sit with it for a moment and trust that the other person is um is going to be there and not going to let you down so it's kind of a self talk and and learning to be patient thing for me mm -hmm. yeah the anxiety anxiety you know triggers um thoughts which you know thoughts is absent we fill in the blank with whatever narrative comes to mind right oh and it's always and, the worst case <laughs> yeah right and so getting out of that habit is really important um because unless you ask somebody you know what you you could I mean, I've done this too. I've done this at, at work, not even in a relationship situation, right? <laughs> Something that I, I screwed up at work and, you know, I didn't say anything about it. And, you know, I worked this whole scenario up into my head of worst case and like all of the things that could have happened and, you know, what, what was it? And, you know, by the time that, you know, I, I finished uh, and almost uh probably got myself fired for no reason um i was like oh my god my mind just ran with this and it went from point a to point b and like it was just me and my thoughts you know there was nobody else even involved in the in in this yeah and like i i whipped up this entire scenario that was unnecessary yeah yeah and so I learned to see that as a little misbehaved child, my brain, and to just turn the volume down and sit it in a corner and look at it and know that this is all made up. This is all made up and it's gonna bring me nowhere. So you better chill the fuck out now, have a glass of water and um, yeah. So it's hard, it's like having to go to the gym and train a muscle that you have never worked before to do that kind of stuff like it's but it's worth it it's worth it <gasps> yeah well, i mean a lot of the, the a lot of the work that we're talking about is is uh what they would consider shadow work yeah which is your subconscious you know uh habits or behaviors that take place behind the scenes when you know you don't even realize it and yeah. so a lot of the behaviors that you know are associated with with and this is just my opinion you know i'm not like i said i'm not a professional and i'm not a licensed mental health counselor <laughs> i've just from dealing with my own self yeah and realizing some of the 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 messed up crap that i have done in the past and and you know sometimes do today not as as often that's for sure and, and it's definitely never as as bad as it was yeah. Um, you know, because I'm I'm really good at at nipping it, like catching it before even you know before I push send, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm 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 still into the writing the text when I catch it now before it's like a, you know I push send and it's like I can't get it back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, they're the behaviors that go on and and they're learned over years. You know, year from the time we're kids to you know, whatever relationship that you went into and like the first one that I, I destroyed, you know, I, I didn't learn anything from it. 
uh, I learned what I didn't what I didn't like about it. And yeah. usually it, it was me blaming the other person, you know, I was all their fault, you know, if, they, if only they were this way, this wouldn't have happened and or oh. whatever, right. But that behavior, it just hitchhikes into the next relationship, because you haven't dealt with it. Yeah. And that underlying stuff that you know, that shadow behavior is still there. And it's still present. And it's still strong as hell. And yeah. waiting to and waiting to unleash on the next person that it comes across, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, and it's embarrassing, you know. It's it's embarrassing when you have to come to face with yourself. Oh yeah, and, how you, and how you act. Yeah, and I don't know if you experienced that too. Um, maybe before your new partner knows that side about you, they're like, holy shit, like you seemed so confident and calm and and how does, like, where does that come from? You know, like them not, not being able to make sense of it because we have a very confident side. We have a very calming, soothing vibe. So that's what people expect to get and then they unwrap the package and see, holy shit, <laughs> there's uh, some exclusiveness. Um, yeah, I have an explanation for that. So, you know, when doors have always opened for me, right? And I think a lot of that has to do with, um, you know, either, but looks, you can say that, you can say looks, you can say, um charisma charm you know personality whatever that is mm -hmm. you know i was always able to get into doors yeah staying was the hard part or being or, or being asked to stay was the hard part because usually you can't if you're if, if you're not authentically being you it's right? exhausting it, right it's exhausting and it and pieces of the real you always end up coming out yeah. right and so, you know, I, I, about three months is my, uh, is about the max that I can fake it. Right. And then little pieces of, of, of the real me, if that's, you know, what I was trying to do yeah. would start, you know, showing, you know, in, in, in behaviors or like, you know, man, certain things that I do, or, you know, my anger would pop up or I would be passive aggressive about something Mm -hmm. or you know something would show up and it, you would you would be able to see and a lot of the times when that would happen like you talk about you, instead of dealing with the monster it's easier to just ghost the situation right and just oh, i'm out i don't want to deal with you mm -hmm. and or it keeps you from actually getting closer to somebody because of that potential right you don't want to you don't want anybody to be able to point that out about you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that that's who you are and mm -hmm. and so there's been times when i've i've i even got into a relationship once and you know we ended up you know i don't drink a whole lot um but we i had drank a little bit too much that night when i do that's when the the monster starts coming out too and my anger starts uh getting released and you know i started getting like 
I st- that guy started coming out and I don't remember a whole lot about the evening, but I, you know, was reminded about it in the morning. And she said, yeah, I locked myself in the bathroom because I was afraid of you. And oh. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. I, was, I was like, I don't even, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was like, instead of trying to even deal with it, I, I, how I dealt with it was, well, if you're bringing that out in me, then I don't want to have you around me because I don't want to be responsible for what, for any of it. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't like that dude and I don't want him out and I don't want him around. And if you, if, if being around you brought that out, Mm -hmm. then I need to get rid of you. (laughs) Yeah. She was actually a really cool person. I mean, she drank a little bit too much, but I mean, other than that, I mean, she was, you know, a really good person. Nice to me, you know, was, uh, you know, but I mean, that's, that's what this creates uh, when you don't deal, when you don't deal with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, I mean, the last two years, that's all I've been doing is really talking to people on my podcast, uh, professionals, you know, people, life coaches, if I'm struggling with somebody, something, I'll bring them on the show. Mm-hmm. And I'll start asking them questions and, you know, trying to get answers that way. And, you know, part of it's because I'm cheap. I don't want to pay. I don't want to pay for a service. Right. And so I've used the the <laughs> podcast as to like, hey, look, I'm helping promote now, you. Now we know what you're doing. I'm helping promote you. But, you know, you're helping me, too, because I'm struggling with something and I need some answers. <laughs> that is so cool. I love I love how transparent you were there. <laughs> But it also brings the listeners on the journey as well uh, to my, you know, transition, my change, my evolution, you know, you're following not only a show and content and and what I'm putting out, but you're also following me and, and in my journey to finding myself. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so beautiful. That's awesome. How is it for you? Um, Because right now you mentioned that looking back you can see that kind of behavior so instead of um leaving the other person next time can you imagine like telling them what you're struggling with and what makes you feel insecure or how can you or is dating totally done for you and never ever again no no i mean i i have a girlfriend and you know she lives with me she has she i've i've known her since i started this whole podcasting journey and so she's experienced some of the asshole um she's experienced a lot of my dysfunctional behavior Mm -hmm. but she's also pretty stubborn and is like well you're not going to get rid of me that fast just because you don't just because you're you know you don't want to deal with you Mm -hmm. you know getting rid of me is not the answer why don't you start once you start dealing with you and figuring out you yeah. and I'm here for you and you know what I mean? For you to figure this out because I see more in you than you see in you. Yeah. That's- in that, in that aspect. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I've always thought about like, I'd, I'd probably be a, be a great candidate for an open relationship, but I don't know. I'm also in, in a, a place too, where like, I have the show, I have my, my daughter, 
I have the, the nonprofit that I started that I'm trying to do. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that are tied in with me mm-hmm. trying to elevate myself to where I need to go. So, I mean, I'm pretty selfish with my time too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I'm trying to work on not being so self-centered in that matter where I'm like, I guess, I guess the word would be self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. you know like my journey my show my blah my 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 this is what i'm doing and you know if you don't I, don't get in the way of it but knowing a little bit about your history not all of it but a little bit i mean you're out there functioning helping other people um and i'm sure you had times where you thought oh my god i'm gonna be out of jail i was a mess before i got to jail jail was not awesome time so what am i going to do with my life and now you found something that doesn't even feel like work and you bring people so much peace and joy of course you're going to cling to that with all your might like you're not just being a workaholic and being selfish with your time you're out there helping people right so don't yeah, yeah. too hard on yourself <laughs> but one one thing that i can say and and as one of the big things that like i've caught myself doing you know when like i'll get when i feel my my temperature starting to boil right and let's say we're in a not not like like at the beginning stages of an argument because she she won't argue with me she's like no nah, you're not gonna you're gonna pull that with me mm. she's like i'm just gonna walk away. i'm just gonna walk away and you can argue with yourself um awesome. <laughs> and but i've noticed like i caught myself a couple of times closing the distance between us in that like trying to intimidate way where i've had to go oh shit and like back the back way back up yeah you know just but it, it's you know a seven time if you're trying to change something like a bad behavior or a habit or something like that it's really difficult to just turn it off it's almost impossible yeah especially if it's inlaid in 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 you as a person and 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 how you are Yeah. And so like seven times is about the minimum that it takes for you to fail, you know, to, okay, I don't want to do this. And then you do it. Ah, shit. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you do it. So about seven times is about the minimum that you're going to try before it starts to become, Oh, okay. Now I'm recognizing when I'm doing it Yeah. and I'm, I'm choosing a different option. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hopefully that that helps some people out there that are listening. I know we're we're rounding up on two thirty, and I gotta uh, make my way my way out of here. Um, my daughter's starting soccer for the first time, and she's only three and a half years old. So there're gonna oh. be a bunch of littles out there. Oh, that's yeah, a bunch of littles cool. out there kicking the ball. <laughs> that is so cool. Soccer for girls is just awesome, 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 awesome. Very good job there. <laughs> yeah so i mean I'm, i'm i'm excited about going and hanging out and, and watching her and you know doing a little recording and seeing all them little kids trying to kick at the ball yeah <laughs> oh that's adorable um so yeah should we wrap up here 
Yeah, I mean, unless I mean, I think that was a pretty good start. You know, we 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 gave you guys a lot to chew on, a lot of transparency, a lot of authenticity here. Um, yes. I don't, I, I don't usually hold back much when I talk about myself and and the behaviors that I've had. You know, and if anybody out there resonates with either um, Aurora or myself, and you know, you want to reach out um, and you know talk. Or, you know, send an email in and maybe we'll read it on the next one about something that you're, you've dealt with and, and how you've kind of, you know, navigated your way around it if you have. And if you haven't, that's okay, too. You know, we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. So don't hold back to reach out to Sean. And uh, yeah, we will be back uh, maybe next week. Maybe we do it biweekly, whatever we, we agree is best for our schedules and um, yeah absolutely uh what if they want to uh email you what's your address mm -hmm. so Please. for now i just have um, my facebook account where you can reach me best yeah. it's public so aurora eggert e-g-g-e-r-t and mention in your first message that you watch that show and uh, you want to make a comment or something um and my podcast is called the borealis experience if you want to check it out there's a group also on facebook that you're very welcome to join thank you so much yeah and if you want to and if you want to do the email route you can email uh, my show at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com like my show right behind behind me over here uh, nowhere to go but up uh that's the podcast um you can you know if you want to reach me there as well that link tree is probably the best way and that is right behind me there l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e -E forward slash nowhere to go but up that's the easiest way to connect with the show and everything and all the social media and everything where the show is so i hope to hear from some of you out there uh, especially some of the guys out there um, because we need to not normalize this but but make the conversation okay yeah mm -hmm. and you ladies too because we're not saints <laughs> come on on board i did the first step so yeah if ever there's something you're not proud of and want to get off of your chest um reach out to us thank you so much thank you guys bye 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 <laughs>